Hi, welcome to the Speaking Postpartum Podcast, hosted by myself, Ryan Speak, where women share their stories about their postpartum journeys. Come along with me to listen to their stories of the struggles, the joys, and the many things that go unsaid when it comes to postpartum. This is Speaking Postpartum. Hey, Carly, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Will you tell me a little bit about you and your family? Yeah, um, I live in Toronto with my husband and our 19-month-old daughter. Um, We have a cat and a dog, and we've been here in Toronto for about two years. Um, And we're actually going to be moving to Ottawa soon. We just bought our first house, which is really exciting. Um, And we're moving to be closer to my husband's family and have a little bit more help uh, since we're both working from home right now, which is almost impossible with a toddler, um, especially since I'm also trying to run a company from home. So that is not easy. Yeah, definitely not. I'm <laughs> it's so hard to work with a toddler around. They're insane. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> um, okay. Tell me a little bit about um, just your pregnancy and birth experience. Yeah. Um, I had a pretty easy pregnancy. Um, I, I feel like it was pretty normal. I had morning sickness the first trimester. Um, and then just like the normal kind of aches and pains and insomnia, um, throughout it. But I really hated being pregnant. Um, like physically it wasn't that hard, but I think mentally it was, it was really hard. Um, in the past I've struggled with um, like depression and disordered eating. And I think seeing my body change so mm. much, um, so quickly was, was really difficult. Like I, yeah. I really didn't like that. Um, I enjoyed feeling my daughter kick and things like that, but I, I just, I'm so glad to not be pregnant right now. Yeah. Um, but like the actual pregnancy wasn't that difficult, um, yeah. physically. And then, mentally it was it was really hard because I I think I wasn't in the best place mentally before I got pregnant um and then getting pregnant I think just kind of amplified all of the anxiety that I was feeling um I think also the timing was a bit um maybe contributed to struggling with it so much um there was just a lot going on in our lives like we had moved from New York City to Toronto pretty quickly. Um, My husband's family was going through a pretty difficult time uh, with his grandmother passing away and my sister-in-law was in a really bad accident. Mm -hmm. Um, So we moved pretty quickly to be closer to his family Um, and just moving so quickly and having to find a new apartment and new jobs and um, being in the hospital uh, for a few months while um, my sister-in-law was recovering. Um, And then we got pregnant kind of (laughs) right after all of that. So it was just, I think, so much change in so little time that um, all of my anxiety before was just unmanageable. Um, I started having really bad panic attacks um, and it, it just, normal everyday things started to feel super scary. Yeah. And then your birth, how was your birth? Um, my birth was 
long. <laughs> it was really long. <laughs> One of those like typical first baby births. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I knew that it could be really long. Um, so I think I was prepared for that, but, um, I'm kind of a really type A person. I like to plan things. And I think after everything we had gone through, um, the year before not being able to have any type of control or being able to plan anything was um, really stressful for me. So those last few days um, of waiting, I was about five days past due, mm -hmm. and those last few days of waiting were just hard. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was hard. I kind of I tried to do everything to get labor started, and um, it was a really long labor. It was thirty eight hours, um, but I think what made the labor hard is I never had consistent uh, contractions. So my contractions never got into any type of pattern for the entire um, labor. And I didn't know that that was a possibility. I feel like yeah. I took a birth class and, you know, the midwives kind of shared, here's some things that could happen and um, different types of births than like a totally, I guess, typical. Um, so I didn't know that that could happen. Um, it was, and it was really stressful. I, it's, you know, okay, when they're three minutes apart, that's when you call the midwife. Um, but after 24 hours of no patterns, um, we started to get a bit stressed. Like we, and we were walking up and down the stairs in our condo yeah. building. Like we were doing everything to try and get the contractions into a pattern, but sometimes it'd be like two minutes apart and it would last two minutes long. Oh, um, and then randomly it'd be 10 minutes. So I, I couldn't even kind of like mentally prepare for when the contractions were going to come because yeah. there was no pattern. Um, and I was having a lot of back labor. So that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the contractions felt really, really strong after a while. So we, finally after 24 hours, we called the midwife and she came to our house um, to check and see how far along we were, which was really nice that they were able to come to the house. Um, yeah. We didn't have to leave and drive to the hospital. Um, and so we kind of decided then that if after another few hours, if I couldn't get a little bit of sleep and if we couldn't get the contractions into a pattern that the best decision would be to go to the hospital, um, to get an epidural and Pitocin and see if yeah. that could help, um, just help me get a little bit of rest and, um, kind of get things back on track. So, um, that's what we ended up having to do. Um, and I think that ended up helping a lot. Um, and luckily I only had to push for one hour after yeah. <laughs> that really, really long labor. Um, so it was, I, I think in some ways it wasn't like a horribly traumatic or difficult birth um, compared to a lot of birth stories that I've heard. Um, but I think it was probably a little bit triggering for my anxiety because I had no control over it. Um, and um, it was just, really long and it just felt like nothing was going right. Um, I know like, like I had group B strep and I had to get an IV, oh, which yeah. I was nervous about. There was just so many little things and yeah. like my daughter kept turning throughout the whole time while I was pushing. So it was like, it, it just, it was scary because it was, is she in the right position or not? Um, so yeah. we 
I feel like until she was born, it was kind of a, still like we were just waiting, like, is something going to happen? Are we going to have to have a C-section or what's mm-hmm. going to happen? Um, but it ended up, ended up being fine. Um, and then since I had a midwife, um, we actually ended up leaving the hospital pretty early after giving birth. Um, I think that also just kind of, it, it just all felt really rushed. Um, hmm. So our family was at the hospital waiting um, to meet the baby and we actually didn't find out the sex of the baby. So everyone was really, really eager to come in and see, was it a boy or girl? Yeah. Um, So everyone was in the room um, like less than an hour after giving birth. I was like still sitting in a pile of blood and it was just, it just, everything (laughs) felt so rushed and yeah, it's like, I don't know if I'm ready for visitors, but, um, yeah, so that was pretty rushed. And then I ended up going home like maybe three, four hours after giving birth. So it was fast. Yeah. (laughs) That's so fast. (laughs) And like all your family coming in too, like being like, we're here. What is it? Yes. You're like, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was like still shaking from giving birth. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just really could use a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it was so funny because like we were so excited the whole pregnancy. Like, okay, what is it? What is it? And yeah. everyone was dying to find out. Um, but after a 38 hour labor, I was like, I don't even care. <laughs> I didn't I even, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I literally forgot to ask is it a boy or girl? (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that though. I know I couldn't, I couldn't do like the gender surprise. I don't know why, but I have a bunch of friends who do. And so I'm like, good for you. Like, yeah, do it. And it's surprising. (laughs) So that's fun. Yeah. It was, it was really fun to, to wait. It definitely, I guess, made it a little bit like more stressful because everyone was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> so it's maybe one negative, but yeah, it's fun. And now next time, if you have another kid, everyone's going to be like, are you going to find out you have to have, and then it's like, you have to have this. Exactly. Have exactly. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then how was, tell me a little bit about, um, after you came home and that whole process for you for like the first couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So coming home, um, it was, it was nice to be able to sleep in my own bed right away. Um, I didn't, I'm a super light sleeper, was not sleeping in the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. definitely don't think I would have been able to get much sleep there. Um, so it was nice to be able to come home, um, and have the midwives come to the house for the first few days to check on us. Um, but then I think it was, I don't remember if it's the very next day or the second day after giving birth. Um, but during one of the checkups, um, my daughter, her breathing was too fast. So, um, they were a bit worried and, and just wanted to be on the cautious side. So we ended up having to go into the ER. Um, and then we spent the whole day there. Um, so they could do some tests and monitor her breathing, um, and her heart rate. Um, so I think that was really hard, um, kind of coming home from the hospital and then rushing back out, uh, to the same hospital and spending the whole day in the ER as you're really physically still sore from birth, um, wearing a diaper and just, 
seeing your baby hooked up to all these different monitors, um, especially since the year before we had spent several months um, in the hospital with family. Um, and it just, I guess maybe it was like flashbacks to kind of mm. all of that. Um, so we luckily, we were only there for one day, everything, her breathing um, got back to normal. Um, and they, they said like, things are fine. Um, just keep an eye on it. Um, but I think just having that happen so soon after giving birth um, and after everything else we had gone through, um, maybe was a bit triggering, um, to my anxiety. I think, I, I mean, I had already been having panic attacks throughout the pregnancy. And then, um, I think obviously every new mom is scared that their baby isn't going to keep breathing overnight. Yeah. Um, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I was already nervous about that. Um, and that became a, a kind of an obsession. Um, yeah. I, I would, I didn't sleep, um, for months and months. I, as soon as I would shut my eyes and try and sleep, um, once I finally got her to sleep, mm-hmm. um, I, as soon as I would even get close to drifting off into sleep, I'd, I'd wake up in a panic and think like, yeah. I have to go check and see if she's breathing. She might not be breathing. And if I don't check this second, um, like she's going to die. So yeah. it, it was just, it became almost an obsession and, yeah. um, it was really, really hard to get any sleep. Um, obviously it's hard no matter what to sleep with a newborn. Um, but that just, it, it, it didn't go away after first few weeks. It just, yeah. it got worse. So that was, that was pretty difficult. Yeah. That's really hard. And especially knowing that like not sleeping is only going to make everything worse. So like any anxiety you feel in that moment, like not getting sleep makes it 10 times worse. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think those first few weeks were really hard, um, with the anxiety kind of building up. And then, like you said, like the sleep deprivation, it just, it makes it so much worse. But, um, like, I think everyone kind of tells you, oh, it gets better. Mm -hmm. Um, and it didn't, it didn't get better. Um, I think, I think those first few weeks, um, babies actually sleep a bit more in those first Mm -hmm. few months. And then, um, that four month sleep regression hit and Mm -hmm. it just, I feel like it, it, it gets worse sometimes before it gets better. Um, my daughter started teething at three months. She got her first tooth, um, at three months old, uh, which wow. felt really, really early, but so we've been dealing with teething for a long time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, not fun. Um, and then she also had, still has, um, just stomach issues. Like, so she was okay. a very gassy baby and it just, I think that disrupted her sleep. The teething disrupted her sleep. Um, my anxiety was interrupting my sleep. Um, so we were already like really, really struggling with sleep. And then once the four months sleep regression hit, it was just kind of all downhill, (laughs) all downhill. Yeah. Those next few months were just way, way too little sleep. Um, and so the anxiety was like really, really bad. Um, and just kept getting worse. I think those next few months. Um, and I think when you're having so little sleep, um, and 
dealing with anxiety, it sometimes you kind of forget what's real and what's not real um, between some of the thoughts that you're having. So yeah. there was definitely really scary thoughts, um, but it it I was having trouble understanding like, okay, this is just a scary thought. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would, I could visually see it happening and just, I was so, so scared um, of dropping my baby. Like I would yeah. visualize that over and over. I, I couldn't even wear socks at one point because I was so scared. If I was wearing socks, I would slip um, and then I would drop my baby. So it was just yeah. every kind of small thing throughout the day started to become really hard. Like things that shouldn't have been so difficult ended up getting really, really hard because I was just so anxious yeah. every minute. Yeah. And was that primarily how your anxiety manifested? Like just through not sleeping and um, like scary thoughts? I think so. I think um, I've always been an anxious person. Like mm-hmm. no one ever would have described me as a chill person mm-hmm. um, <laughs> before any of this. But I think um, I think my anxiety just, it got to the point where I was like, I was almost just like shaking just with anxiety. I, I just so yeah. on edge. Um, and I, I wasn't able to even like just regular conversations. I just, it was really hard for me to kind of like understand like what's normal and what's not normal. And, um, I think the sleep was a huge, huge part of it. Um, and I think also just our, that stage of life that we were in was just, it would have been hard, um, in general, (laughs) going through so much change so quickly. Um, and then having a baby and kind of having your whole world shift, um, was hard. I was really nervous about kind of becoming a mother and feeling like I was losing my identity. And it was even worse than I thought it would be because of the anxiety. Like it, it wasn't just becoming a mom and not recognizing like myself in certain ways. It just like, I I didn't even recognize my own thoughts at one point. So yeah. Yeah. Not, not easy. (laughs) No, not at all. And, uh, you don't live near your family, right? Right. Yeah. So we, um, we're in Toronto right now. Um, and we're actually perfectly halfway between both of our families. Um, so in one way that was nice because both of our families were able to kind of come in and visit, but yeah, we didn't have, um, any of our parents nearby. Um, and then even when our parents would come in to help, um, I, I really, I, I couldn't really go take a nap, um, while they held the baby. Cause I was, I would just picture the baby falling or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. You're like so out of control when other people have your baby. Yeah. Yeah. It got yeah. to the point, like I, <laughs> I was Googling separation anxiety, yeah. but it was all about the baby having separation anxiety. And I couldn't find anything about like the mom yeah. <laughs> having separation anxiety. Um, I couldn't find anything. Um, and so I think that was, maybe when I was starting to realize some of Mm. these thoughts aren't normal. Um, I I think a lot of it, you, as a first time mom, you don't know what's normal and what's not. Um, and I think realizing that 
it's not normal to not be able to leave the room mm-hmm. um, to, if somebody has your baby and you have to walk out of the room. Like I, I wasn't really able to do that. Um, yeah. I wasn't able to, if we went for a walk and my husband was pushing the stroller, I wasn't able to walk in front of the stroller. I had to walk behind so I could still mm-hmm. see her. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's when I started to realize like, like this isn't, isn't normal. Yeah. And like, I remember with my first seeing, <clears throat> I remember seeing um, like other people on Instagram, like leaving their baby and going and doing things or whatever. And I yeah. was like, how do they do that? Like, I would like be like, how is this? Like, what, what is it like to mm-hmm. be in that mindset? Cause I just couldn't picture myself being in that mindset. Yeah, no, I, I, that was the exact same thing. I remember at one point I ended up, um, I kept seeing like somebody um, who had given birth um, around the same time as me. Our daughters were a few days apart. Um, and she went on a trip um, like out of the country without her daughter for a week. And I remember seeing that. And it, it wasn't that I was like judging her mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a bad mom for leaving your yeah. daughter. It was, it was more like, how come she's able to do that? And right. I'm not even able to leave the room. Right. Like I don't um, want to go to the grocery store alone or. Exactly. And I think like it really, it started to make me feel really upset that like I wasn't able to do things like that. Um, I think part of it also was um, my daughter, she, she had a bad latch. Um, yeah. We ended up realizing later that she had, um, she has a lip tie, but mm. so she never took a pacifier. She never took a bottle. Um, so I was, even just if I were to walk to, over to a coffee shop for a few minutes, I would panic thinking if she's hungry, she can't eat. Um, and I think in those early days when babies are cluster feeding and stuff, like it just, it felt impossible to um, be away from her. And I think that that kind of, that feeling stayed with me, um, even as she got a little bit older and didn't need to eat every <laughs> 10, 20 minutes. Um, I think that fear just kind of stayed with me. Yeah. Yeah. My son wouldn't take a, he wouldn't take a bottle ever. Like we tried Mm -hmm. so many times and he never took a bottle. And I always blamed myself because I was like, well, it's my fault because I didn't, I didn't, um, try soon enough or I didn't like try hard enough or like he must just be attached. And then that like, I feel like that contributed to like the, the attachment to me to him Mm -hmm. too, because like, I was the only person who could be responsible for him. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely. And once you get into that routine of I'm the only one that can do this, um, it, it's really hard to break that. Like we're kind of still in that routine. Um, but yeah, I think, and I think you, you do blame yourself. Like it was like, did I not try a bottle soon enough? Um, how come we didn't check for a lip tie um, earlier? How come um, maybe I didn't try enough bottle types? Um, right. I think it's, like it's really easy. So much money on bottles, and you're like, Why yeah, so much money on bottles. <laughs> exactly. I have so many bottles, and they've never once been used. Um, yeah, I think, I think too, it's it's pretty easy to go onto like the Facebook groups or mom forums online um and try and like look for answers about what you're doing wrong um and there's so much advice i think 
as a first time mom, I was on those a lot. Um, and once I, and I, when I would go on looking for answers, it just made me feel worse, um, about how I was doing as a mom. Um, and I feel like once I finally just stopped, like I'm not going to look at the Facebook groups, I'm just mm. going to figure it out myself. Um, I think that helped a lot. Um, just feeling like I'm not constantly doing something wrong. Yeah. It's so easy to get sucked into those too, where you're like, I just need, I just need help. Like, and then you're yeah. <laughs> searching and looking and asking and people are like, Oh, and then there's so many opinions. Oh my gosh. My so husband many and I opinions. were just talking about everyone's, everyone's opinions. And you're like, I don't even know these people. Why am I, why am I listening yeah. to everyone's opinions? Yeah, it's wow. definitely, it's hard to ignore it all, especially since you don't necessarily maybe have your own opinion yet. Um, so maybe I think once you kind of form your own opinion, just based mm -hmm. on, okay, this is what's working for me and my baby. Maybe this mm -hmm. isn't what I plan to do, but this is what's working for us. Um, and try and tune out some of the other opinions. I think it, it, it gets a little bit easier, but yeah, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. When do you feel like things started to get easier for you? Um, I think, I think it didn't really get easier for me until I started taking antidepressants. Yeah. Um, about a year after I gave birth, um, after my daughter's first birthday, I finally started taking Zoloft. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a few months after that, things started to get better. Um, mm -hmm. it was, I, I think I, I wish I had taken, started taking it years and years ago. Um, because once I finally had been on Zoloft for a few months, I started to realize like my thoughts for the past few years were really not normal thoughts. Um, yeah. it wasn't normal to feel, um, that sad and it wasn't normal yeah. to feel that stressed about small things. Um, so I think, I think that's when it finally started to get easier. Not, not really because the sleep got better. Like the sleep still is not great now, <laughs> 19, 20 months later. Yeah. Um, but it started to get easier cause I wasn't having so many scary thoughts and I just, I felt more confident, um, that I was feeling more like myself again. And I felt more confident that I was, I was doing an okay job. Um, I wasn't yeah. doing everything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so weird how like you don't realize until you can like, kind of like take yourself out of it. In my experience with anxiety like that, it was like, I didn't feel like, I felt like my brain was just always like in a fog. And then once mm -hmm. I like took Ativan for the first time, I was like, I like could like zoom out of myself and kind of like see clearly what was going on for the first time. And that yeah. like fog, you just think like, it's just cause I'm tired. It's just cause I'm a new mom. And you start to like, mm -hmm. just make excuses for why you feel that way. And I just remember the first time being like, this is, this is what's been going on and like being able to see it so clearly and just how dramatically that can change once you can see it so clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, even if you are recognizing that it's not totally normal, what you're experiencing, I think it, it, it just, it feels like there's no other, like, that's just who you are at that point. Like it, mm. it, 
I feel like I just kind of thought like, this is just who I am. Like there's no way I could change this. Um, so I feel like once you're able to finally <laughs> see it yeah. clearly, it really, it's really totally a whole different perspective. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like, so you run a really cool business. Will you tell us about that real quick? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I recently just launched inside and out motherhood. Um, it's an online marketplace, um, for moms to find products from small businesses and female founded startups. Um, so I actually had the idea for this, um, pretty early postpartum. Um, <laughs> I, I just, while I was pregnant, I couldn't find any products mm. that I liked. Um, I, I cried so many times in the mall trying to find cute maternity clothes mm -hmm. um, or like skincare that was safe for pregnancy. Um, and then postpartum, I couldn't find nursing clothes that like fit nicely or just that I liked um, in the stores. And I, I knew there had to be all of these cool companies <laughs> that were making yeah. the types of products I wanted. Um, I, my background is working um, in marketing for startups. So I knew there had to be awesome startups out there. Um, I just, I couldn't find them. So, mm. um, and then once I was up all night long, every night, <laughs> um, nursing my daughter, I would scroll Instagram and I started coming across all of these types of companies that I, um, that I had been looking for. Like I, there were so many cool companies and the only way I was finding them was if I was scrolling Instagram for hours. So yeah. I actually started to like do a ton of research and save all of these. Um, and the goal is to put them all onto one platform. So it's easier for moms to find products that they love. Um, and it's easier for small businesses and startups to connect with moms. Um, so it's, it's been really hard to launch this, um, working from home during the yeah. pandemic <laughs> with a busy toddler. Um, but it's also been, I think, a really great thing for me mentally too. Um, it's funny because um, I never really spoke to my friends and family about all of my mental health struggles. Um, yeah. And launching this company, um, I've been able to talk about those struggles through the company. Um, yeah. And a lot of our content and social media posts is all really focused um, on maternal mental health because I think, yeah. I think they're just, moms need to be allowed to say that it's really, really hard. Um, and we need to be able to talk about those really hard moments without feeling like we're not grateful. Um, because I think we are all so grateful um, to be a mom and it really is like mm -hmm. one of the coolest, most magical things I've ever done, but it's also really, really, really hard. Um, and so I kind of, I want to create just this platform that we can talk about that um, and then find products and connect with experts and um, just find all of the things that we need so we feel good um, throughout our pregnancy and postpartum experiences. Yeah. And I think too, like part of, I remember feeling anxious about nursing and then I would mm -hmm. feel anxious about leaving the house and nursing because I was like, mm -hmm. I'm not really that good at it. So then when I would leave the house and try to nurse, I would be like fumbling at some shirt that I'm like, this isn't working. Yes. This is not working <laughs> for me. And so yeah. I just love that. Like 
I didn't know where to, like, I was like, H&M has maternity, like postpartum wear, sort of, like, I would just look everywhere, but it wasn't right. It never felt right. And so I love that, like, what you're doing is compiling, basically, Mm -hmm. all these companies who know, like, they're like real people, real moms who are like, out here and wearing it themselves. And I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been so, so amazing to meet all of the women who are launching these companies. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of these companies, it's regular moms who couldn't find a breastfeeding dress that they loved. Um, like they had to go to a wedding a few months postpartum and figure out how to breastfeed their newborn at a wedding. So, um, or nursing bras that, um, weren't easy to pump in also. And there's just, it's real moms that are solving their own problems. Um, and these are the types of companies I feel like people want to support. Um, it's better quality products and, um, there's a real person, like sometimes it's just one woman running this company. Um, and it, they're really, really inspiring companies. And it's, it's been really amazing for me to get to talk with all of them. Um, every time I come across a new company that would be a good fit, I get so excited. Um, it just, it's so nice to be able to kind of build this community and feel like we're all helping each other out. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely not easy to find products, um, as a mom. <laughs> You're doing the real hard work here for us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard work, but it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I think one of the other things is um, I, we like to say like this is literally just for the moms. Um, mm. I think a lot of times if I was going onto a site to look for nursing bras or a shirt, um, all of these other websites have baby products also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really easy to look at cute baby products and buy something for your child, um, instead of getting something for yourself. So we don't list any baby products on our site. It is only products for, for moms. Um, so there's no getting sidetracked by cute baby clothing. Um, it's really, it's focusing on yourself and, um, taking that time to find something that you're going to love. Yeah. I love that too. And I just had a friend who texted me the other day and she doesn't have kids and she's not married. And she said, my friend is pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. what would you say? What should I get? Like, I want to get her something cause she doesn't feel good. What should I do? And like to be able to point somebody to a resource that's like, just buy anything here. Like, look here, this is exactly easy. instead of being like, okay, we'll go to this website and then this section. And if you search this, yeah, <laughs> that's so true. We, we actually, um, so we've built out a few collections, like gifts for a new mom or gifts for a breastfeeding mom, gifts for, um, your best friend that just got pregnant. Um, and like part of our sales are people who don't have kids themselves, um, buying stuff for their friends. It's like, cause I think when you don't have kids, you don't really know what you really would need or really want. Um, and so being able to know that the site is kind of curated with all these products that moms love it it really does make it easy to give gifts um yeah it's it's fun to be able to add those things to like your baby registry is so nice yeah 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 definitely I think yeah like I don't think I had anything on my baby registry that was for me like we need to make mom registries a thing (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Is there anything else about your postpartum journey you wanted to share? Any like advice or things that you've learned along the way that you would want yeah. to tell somebody else? I feel like um, this sounds maybe silly to say, but I think I didn't realize that I had that certain things were parenting choices. Um, and so I feel like you eventually just have to figure out what works for you. And it's really hard to not try and research and find out what's the right way to do things. Um, because as a first time mom, you, you want to do things the right way. Um, but I think once you, once you like stop researching and just focus on understanding, like, what, like, what's my child's personality? And it it might not work with uh, certain parenting choices. And I think everything is a choice and you don't have to do things um, that everyone else is doing. Like if you don't want to do baby led weaning, you don't have to. If you Mm -hmm. don't want to breastfeed, you don't have to. Um, You don't have to sleep train. And I think like a lot of these things, I didn't realize it was a choice. I just thought like, oh, this is the way that everyone does it. Um, so I think realizing that it's, it's a parenting style, it's a parenting choice, and you are allowed to make those choices and you're allowed to figure out what works best for you. I think um, as a first-time mom, I wish someone had kind of said like, you don't have to do this and you don't have to do do this. Like it's okay if you don't do any of these certain parenting styles. Um, so yeah, I guess my advice is you don't have to do anything if it doesn't feel like it's not working for you. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the thing that needs to be like, it's not really a Hallmark card. Um, yeah. <laughs> like thing to say, but I do feel like, like when you get a pregnant, like when you get your, your baby shower, and I want that to be in the card. Like, remember, you don't have – you do what's right yeah. for you. You don't have to <laughs> listen to the books or the whatever. You can do what's right for you. Yeah, yeah. I think one other piece of advice, even just for anyone who doesn't even have kids, just from a mental health perspective mm-hmm. is um, you also don't have to hit, like, rock bottom um, mm-hmm. before you get help. I don't – I don't know why, but that's not really something that I realized. Um, yeah. I kind of just thought like, in, unless you are at your absolute lowest, you shouldn't need to get help or you don't yeah. maybe, I, I don't know. I felt like maybe you don't deserve to have help or like, I feel guilty about trying mm-hmm. to, um, get help. Um, so I think having to, put myself in that position to hit like rock bottom, um, before I got help was, was a mistake. Um, and so I, and I didn't realize that you could get help sooner and that you should get help sooner. Um, so I guess like even for someone who doesn't have kids, that would be one piece of advice. Yeah. And I think like your anxiety is lying to you, telling you, well, you don't really need help or giving you worst case Mm -hmm. scenarios. Like, well, if you get help, then like maybe you're not going to be like as close to your baby or as attached to your baby. But like, it's like the demon that you know over the demon that you don't, except for the other one's not the demon. You're just convinced it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, it's, I felt like what's the point of getting help because like, this yeah. is just who you are. Um, and so once you do get help and in my case, medicine, um, yeah. it, it was a real eye opener. Like that's not, always who I am yet. Like I still am 
I guess, more of an anxious person than most people. Um, but I'm not having panic attacks um, yeah. in my daily life, which is so much better. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your journey. And like, even though it's been hard, I would say more than hard probably, but even though it's been so challenging, I love that you kind of threw yourself into something really creative and new and helpful for other moms too. I think we can share that, that we both are like, yeah, this was hard, but I want to help other people in it. Um, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for providing a platform for me to share this. It's really great what you're doing. Thanks. If you're struggling with symptoms of postpartum depression, anxiety, or rage, I encourage you to talk about it with someone who feels safe. Your partner, OB, or pediatrician may be good places to turn to express your feelings. Feel free to visit my Instagram bio for other resources at Speaking Postpartum. And if you're feeling any feelings about hurting yourself, please call the National Mental Health Hotline at 1-800-662-HELP.